American Hard Enduro Podcast Number Nine. Hey guys, welcome to the ninth American Hard Enduro podcast. We are post TKO. Um, it is what is it Tuesday? No, it's Wednesday. Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday August twenty first. Um, sitting here with Drew Kirby um, in my office. Um, Stop by. We're both working today. So uh, have you recovered, Drew? Man, it's been rough. I actually got home about eleven on Sunday night and had to get up at five a.m. and drive to Louisville, Kentucky for a conference. So. Went from an awesome, fun motorcycle weekend with good friends to a business work event where I had to try to sell some stuff. But I'm back. I'm. I think I'm unpacked. I'm not cleaned up yet. But the body's feeling better. And uh, let's talk about this past weekend. Yeah. Well. Ha- well, are you recovered? Well, I heard you had a good one that I didn't know about though yesterday. Yeah. So during the hot lap, the um, the little bridge over under deal. There was kind of a bottleneck there, and our buddy Travis Wilson was trying to get up that bridge, and then I think there was one or two bikes in between us, so he 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 made it. He went on, and then the next bike, the guy didn't make it. He kind of fell to the left, so I had the brilliant idea of going to the right. Where the big, the big rock was. The big rock. And but was there just, was also a huge hole to the left. Yeah, so I was just going to hop on over, over that, and right as he's clearing out the other rider, um, I attempted to make it up top and somehow I found that hole and went head first off the bridge into forward diving roll and my bike came tumbling out after me and I ended up on the trail below. Um, luckily nobody was coming down the trail, but you know, gathered myself and, and swung back around. Another couple of riders got in front of me and it was just a fiasco there for a minute. So I took a pretty, pretty good dinger on my right hip and my right ankle and my left knee. Well, I know when we walked it, I just said to myself, I can't fall off right there. The the the, the guardrail, if you will, or the handrail was was like three feet from the end. So there was a pretty good hole and it was a good eight, ten feet down to the trail below and I I, I was scared to go off that way because again, I tend to do stupid stuff like that. So for once it wasn't me, I'm proud. Well, it, it felt like I fell for 30 seconds. It just wouldn't stop rolling. Um, and then when I did stop rolling, Blake, our camera guy, was there. And, of course, he missed it. Yeah, so if anybody has that on video, please. I need to see this. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it. It's probably a lot worse in my mind than it actually was. But um, <laughs> So that was a good start to your hot lap. Yeah. So did you end up with any chiggers? No. So, so this is the, I guess, we did a podcast after the prologue on Friday. We did a podcast Saturday night. Um, so here we are. This is going to be kind of our recap of what happened Sunday. Um, but no, back to Will's question. I knock on wood. I've never gotten chiggers. Oh shoot. Hold on. That's what I've never gotten chiggers at TKO. And, um, from our Instagram, I see you had a pretty good, uh, bout with them just on one leg, right? Well, I posted that on our Instagram story. And I've got <laughs> the funniest comment from I've, Mitch. <laughs> I've gotten messages from Mitch, who's Mitch from Carvalth. Ari- Mitch Carvalth from Arizona, and he's like, "Dude, me and Grayson Gonzalez have those all over us. What are they?" <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, they don't have chiggers in either Arizona or Hawaii. Um, 
And then I, I think Ben Kelly, he messages, he thought it was poison ivy. I'm like, dude, that's not poison ivy. Oh, it's way worse from what I hear. I've still never had chiggers knock on, knocking on some more wood. Yeah, and then I guess Justin Lowe, he's one of the, the track workers. He got him really bad. But um, And then, ironically, Joseph Young, the, the chaplain... We were standing out in the field on, I think it was the, oh, the, the like the grass track the, field, the prologue on the um, Friday. on Friday, and people were flying through a banner, and I think that's where I picked him up because I was standing in like knee deep grass, oh, okay. and he was too. So I messaged him, and he's like, "Nope, don't have a single one." <laughs> so maybe I'm just, you know, the, I'm sweet enough that the uh, the chiggers really like me. I don't know. Well, I, I guess I'm lucky. So Sunday was a full busy day. We got up, hot lap started at 9 a.m. Uh, Manny, I think Manny went off first. Yeah, um, and I was in the woods because I, w- I didn't have the greatest prologue, so I was starting pretty late. So I watched the first probably five or six riders. Okay. Um, I was up that new kind of off-camber off-camber hill. hill. Yep. So I watched them go by on the low side, and then they went up and around the waterfall, and then they went up the new hill. Yep. And... I could not believe how quick Manny got from that lower portion to that off-camber hill. And what I was doing, um, I was timing from when you know they went by me the first time to when I saw him again. And it was very apparent that Manny had a good four or five second lead over everybody. Just that quick. Yeah. And, and, and Wade was significantly slower on the hot lap um, than... Mario and Colton and Manny, and then obviously there was a little bit of a drop off for the next guys, but um, well, and that's what, so I was up in the shoot getting started. I think I went off twenty six, and so I saw Manny go off, and and in the past the hot laps taken Cody and those guys three to four minutes, um, and so I was counting riders going off, and it was well over four minutes before uh, Manny came back in. So th- they definitely increased the length of the hot lap and. Again, this year, it was the driest year ever, which we I'm sure we'll talk about more in this podcast. We've talked about it from the last two, but that really helped. I mean, normally there's a lot more bottlenecks on the hot lap, and pretty much until I got to the Kinder Rock Garden, which we also call the Waterfall, I didn't hit any other riders. Um, I, may have been, I wasn't going that fast, but I had a little trouble on the bridge you talked about. That big hole just stopped me dead in my tracks, because when we walked it, the, the right side had that big rock we were talking about, but the left side had a bunch of rocks leading up to it. And when I got there, all those basketball-sized rocks were at the bottom. And <laughs> there was a good two-foot hole, and then you stepped up to the wood of the bridge and where people had been hitting it with their skid plates or linkages. I mean, there was splinters showing. And that was when I was there. It was totally busted when I got there. That board was Gone. destroyed. Yeah. Well, and so we, I, I sent the front wheel into it, rolled back down, and thought, oh, man, here we go. And I think I bounced. I watched some GoPro myself last night, and I bounced my front wheel off the big rock, and that's what gave me enough to get over. Well, and, and then looking at the um, final results from the hot lap, Manny – ran a 426. Mario was approximately six seconds behind him. Colton was another 10 seconds behind Mario. And then Wade was another five seconds behind Colton. And then he had quite a drop off to Ricky Russell, Ben Kelly, Max, Gearston, Grant Baylor, Tristan Hart, and Ronnie Como rounded out the top 10, which all those guys were within a minute. I'm surprised, you know, and I, I didn't get to talk to Tristan all day because it was so busy between us racing and then the, the multiple race formats. I mean, the top guys did four races on Sunday. Um, I wonder why he didn't do a little better in the hot lap. 
I don't know. He may have had some trouble. Um, but looking at, at these these standings, Ryder LeBlanc, LeBlanc was the first, you know, Saturday racer. So, I mean, he's keeping his streak of just kicking butt going at TKO. And then on down the list, um, Nate Smith. Yep. Was, I he mean, the, was he the second pre-qualified or non-Sunday uh, guy to I make I believe it. he yep. was. And 22nd. He, and he, um, he raced all day Saturday and all day Sunday and, and you know, We'll we'll talk about him a little more because he made it all the way almost to the no he made the finals yeah he made he he did what Ben Kelly did I think two years ago and raced every single race um, and made it to the finals of the weekend so that's very impressive so moving on to knockout race number one about nineteen miles yep so the plan was originally talking to Sean and Eric Pernard uh, Sean Finley that we were going to shorten down about I think eight of those miles maybe have a twelve mile loop. Um, it wasn't shortened. Well, no, and, and honestly, I, it kind of caught me off guard because I thought it was going to be harder, so I dropped my pressure down to like three pounds. And then I'm on the starting line, and I asked Sadie, I said, hey, we doing the whole 19 miles? And she said, yeah, since it was so dry, they wanted to give it, lengthen out the lap. And I think Manny, what did he finish in? The full 19 miles with harder stuff on Sunday. An hour and one in 28 seconds. Yeah, so roughly a 19-mile-an-hour loop. Um, and, dude, he was fine. We even had to go up the Kindle Waterfall. We did um, Englishman's Corner. They added some stuff that, you know, when I got to the Kindle Rock Garden, there was four bikes in there. I had to sit and wait uh, for a turn, and, and luckily I made it up clean and was able to move on out of there. Yeah, um, I had some unfortunate mechanical issues that... Well, let's let's go back. Where did we end up in the hot lap? Uh, I think I was 26th after I, the I was lap. like 40th. I was way down. Okay, so uh, that, that I mean that sets you up even worse for the TKO one on Sunday. Yeah, if if you have a bad round, it's really hard to recover unless you're a guy like Jason Gilliland. Um, no, yeah, he had a great him and Nick Dudukovic both. <laughs> yeah, had a great TKO one to make it into TKO two. But anyways, um, so the 19 mile loop, I had some mechanical issues. Probably cost me between five and ten minutes. But I'm not going to – I don't think I still would have made it. Um, I mean, I was – I rode as hard as I could. And the issue really is that between 1st and 25th place, it's a 13-and-a-half-minute separation. 13-and-a-half minutes. That's nothing to put 25 guys in. So I went back and I looked at 2018 between 1st and 25th in the same TKO1 race – the difference was 57 and a half minutes. Between 1st and 25th? But, yes. Between Dude, look at you doing some statistics. Yeah. Snuck this in on me. Okay. But interestingly enough, Wade Young won in um, the 2018 race. His time was very similar. I think he ran a one hour and eight minute lap. And this year, uh, Manny, he ran a one hour and one minute lap. So the fast guys, it doesn't seem to bother them if it's wet. But the second tier of pros, you know, even you know, even fast amateurs, there's there's a significant drop off. Um, so, well, and to me, the first rider through the course has a huge advantage for traction, especially in years if past it's wet. when it's wet. Um, and that's, I mean, and you guys, I mean, if you're listening to this, you do a lot of trail riding. If you're with ten guys and you're the first guy through, and then you walk back and you're waiting, and that poor tenth guy is struggling because it's so much slicker. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it, but man, that's that's a telling number. And we ran roughly the same course every year there. They switched directions, and normally it takes us about two hours to do what we did, and we didn't even do 19 miles last year. 
Well, exactly. It was a shorter. It was a shorter ride. But even looking at the results, back to fifty second place. Who was in fifty second? Well, Chuck. Oh yeah, he did have a flat tire. Chuck Lula had a flat. Um, but anyways, all the way back to fifty second place. That many riders finished, which is amazing. Okay. In in the two hour time limit, and um, there's only a 47 minute difference between first and 52nd. So um, that's how tight. Well, and and Chuck actually, so he was the last person to finish within the two hour window. He came back and got a rear tire, um, a fresh tire, because again he had a flat and went back out. So and and we had a a woman finish TKO one this year, Shelby yep. Turner. So congrats. She was the second place in the um, women's final. Uh, on Saturday, yeah, I don't guess Rachel finished. No, yeah. I wonder if she had. I, again, it was it's so busy on Sunday. You know, we really didn't have a chance to sit around and talk to many people. But um, Shelby and Rachel actually started in front of me, and um, oh, after the hot lap, really after the hot lap, oh, I didn't know that. So I, I I remember passing a group of people, and they may have been there, and then I actually got by a bunch of people at the waterfall, um, but. I had that trouble early on, so a bunch of people got by me, and then I just I went on a tear. I was I was just riding out of my mind. But well, and I so a little bit about our race each. I mean, Will said he had some mechanical issues. I talked to Eric Bernard, and he said the first half of the course was roughly the same, and then that back half had some harder stuff in it. So again, we ran that seven miles that was over on I think it's Kelsey Keener's land, faster, flowier stuff. And when it was wet in the past, it was super slick. And there's a, a flat rock garden called the Pumpkin Patch that normally you're just doggy paddling through. And this year you blow right through it. So I was conserving a little on the faster stuff, thinking, all right, we're going to get to some rough stuff and we can make up some time. And I had some fast guys. I caught a couple guys, had some fast guys catch me. And then we get to some rough stuff and I could get around them. Um, but so I made one mistake that I think we ought to talk about. And I don't know what front tire you ran. Mm-hmm. I ran a brand new, it's a Kenda tire that we've been working on. It's the Southwick Gummy. Um, and it was, the tire had such good grip and the rocks had such good traction. Whatever rock I hit, if it was angled to the left, I went left. If it was angled to the right, and I ran a standard knobby on the faster race on Saturday, and I went straight through everything. So that I think... Huh. And, it was something I talked to Josh Rookensmith about, and he said, yeah, man, that, that tire will mess you up. And it it threw the whole bike out of whack. Um, and so normally, you know, where I'd be cruising on the pegs, you know, staying loose through stuff, I was so tense because I didn't know which way the bike was going, and it, it wore me out some. Well, I, I ran the same front both days. I ran a uh, Kenda Ibex okay. um, on the front with tubeless, and I was probably running 9, 10 pounds of pressure. I aired it up because – that I can't get that tire to work well at low pressure. It seems to roll a lot, but yep. I've heard some complaints about the tire. But you know, and and most of those complaints are people with bibs or people running low pressure. So yep. if you air that tire up, I think it works pretty well. Well, and and I've I had a flat. I've had flat front tires with tubeless, and I had a flat flat tire with an ibex, and it was. It was walking all over the place yeah. compared to a standard stiffer knobby front. But what I did change on um, Saturday, I was running a Trackmaster rear, a Trackmaster gummy, and then on Sunday, I threw the Ibex on the rear. And talking about that same pumpkin patch area, <laughs> I, I swear the bike went straight. Much through better. The, with my setup on Sunday. Well, how much air did you put on the your rear tire on Sunday? Ooh, I think I started out with three, so I'm sure it went up. Probably to four When it heated up, but... Um, I swear, man, it felt really good through there. Where Sunday or Saturday I was struggling. Sunday I just I got bow legged. I thought about trying to be like Pat Smaje or uh, Charlie in his <laughs> yeah. his lessons at the 
Trials Training yeah, Center. Charlie Roberts, a, a great instructor at the Trials Training just Center. Just try to get loose and get through there, and it felt good. So, I don't well, know. So, I came in. They told me I was in 20 seconds. They didn't cut my transponder, and I thought, I've made it. We go back. We start working on bikes, and uh, turns out I end up in 30th. So, wasn't exactly the top 25 I was looking for, but... They told me to suit up. I was going to have to race the LCQ. Um, I guess normally they take 26th through 29th, but one of those riders didn't want to be in the LCQ. Or... He didn't show up, and ironically enough, after we'd already run, so I was paired up with James Flynn. Um, <laughs> That's and, unfortunate. But yeah, it was. He, he's he's good. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we ran our first down and back on the playground and come back, and uh, there's a dude come rolling up there, and he said, I'm here, and they said, you already missed the first race. He goes, but I want to race it, and they said, too late, you missed it, so... It, it was all for naught, so I raced James Flynn. We went off the container. Uh, we went straight down the playground, did a U-turn, and came straight back. And it was pretty clear to me straight away that uh, <laughs> I was going to have to step it up. We hit the first log, and he launched it almost into the concrete uh, culvert <laughs> obstacle. And uh, I didn't. I wasn't even close to the first one. Um, well, it, it says the time difference, I guess... Was it about two seconds? So y'all yep. did the race twice. Yep. So we it was best two out of three. So there was you. there was four of us. So we were bracketed two and two. The winner of each head to head raced the winner of the other head to head. So you took the four, knocked it down to two, then those two raced. So he beat me the first one. Um, we were supposed to switch lanes, and I said, "Man, you you pick the lane. You beat me. I'm I'm good with it." So we we picked the same lane, and uh, I decided to get a little more aggressive, and it helped. There was a three-log set that I rolled the time before, and I hit the first one and, like I said, got a little brave, doubled the second one, and it got me back even. And then I had to do a left-hand turn, and I stuck the front wheel right into the log. I think I got a little too excited. (laughs) (laughs) So I I ended up just riding it out, and he beat me fair and square. And then the other LCQ, um, I think it was Nick Mallinger, and he went against one of the Satterfields. Which one? It was Casey. Casey and Nick Mellinger. And it looks like Casey um, Satterfield beat him by, you know, a second each round. So their their race was really close. Yep. So that put James Flynn against Casey Satterfield, and they had a battle. I yeah, mean, they were close. Both of the races were within tenths. I mean, those guys, both of those guys are obviously phenomenal riders. And uh, James, we know, has a bunch of Endurocross experience. I don't know about Casey. He was just a Hawaiian. So. Well, and, and I think, you know, we talked a lot about how many Hawaiians were going to be in the finals and make the top 25. And I think kind of like with us, these conditions did not suit those guys because everything's slick and wet in Hawaii. And even going back to 2018, you would have been in the LCQ, correct? You were like 27th last year? Yep. So the problem was it took us so long to do TK01. It was we were over two hours that they didn't even have time for the LCQ. We could have done LCQ for an hour. Yeah, yeah, we we had time. So, again, that's just the difference between, you know, driest TKO ever is what I'm calling this one. We can name the episode that. Yeah, driest TKO ever. So, that sets up the top 25 race, um, TKO 2, five rows of five. um, Except four. One row of six. Except for one row of six, which is group E. So they did group A, B, C, D, and E. Yep. Um, no huge shockers here, I don't think. I mean, Manny, Tristan, and Liam out of group A advance. Uh, group B was Colton, Grant, and Ronnie Como. Uh, group C, it was Mario, Max, and Nick. That was a that that was a kind of a stacked row because you also had Josh Rugensmith and Jarrett Moan who who missed the cut and those guys had 
you know, solid riders. Well, and and kind of talking about how they do it, you've got to be the top three out of the five. And and like Will just said, if you don't, um, if you get a stacked row like that, man, your chances, unless someone has a mechanical, it's it's hard to get on through. Well, and and then go backing up a little bit to Group A, Tim Apol or Apoli, yep. the dude from Germany that we actually rode with. Yep. Uh, last week, he had one of the fastest times. He put in a 115. Oh, man. Which so if, he got fourth in his group. If he'd have been in any other group, he would have advanced. But since he had Liam Draper, Tristan Hart, and Manuel Lettenbeckler, yep. he was eliminated. Well, and I was so I was looking at results, um, and it didn't have it broken down like this. It just had it listed like 1 through 15. I didn't click on by class. Um, and so I thought they might have taken the top 15 by speed. <clears throat> but it's something that... I'm not the biggest fan of because just like I guess, and we could look if there's anyone else, but just like the the kid from Germany, Tim, that wasn't really fair just because he got grouped with three other faster, well, I, really I, fast. I think the idea is that um, your your row kind of sets your situation. That if they started one through twenty six riders, okay, then the the first rider would have a major advantage over the twenty sixth rider. Oh, I see what you're but saying. But when you're in your row, you're fighting the five. You're not fighting twenty six or yeah. whatever. Okay. So I mean, I've I've thought about that quite a bit when I'm like mowing the yard or something. I, I, that's the kind of stuff I think about. Hmm. But anyways, Group D: uh, Wade Young, Ricky Russell, Quinn Winsell. They advanced. Um, Jason Gilliland, Jackson Watson were a little bit back. Well, and, and good on Jackson Watson. He's, a, I think, a 16-year-old from Colorado. Oh, and, that's and huge. we've been battling with him at all the American Hard Enduro races. So. And it was that last group. Uh, the last group, Ben Kelly, Nate Smith, and Mitch Carvolth. They beat Grayson Gonzalez, James Flynn, and Nick Dudukovich, who I guess Nick, he ended up DNF. And- yeah, he had a flat rear tire. And, and again... <laughs> It's got its advantages, but he had tubeless, and he got a big cut. I don't know what he got. He had about an inch gash in it. But kind of looking at the overall results, Wade Young was the, the, was the fastest by 13 seconds over Manny. So Wade was way back in knockout race number one, but knockout race number two, when it started to get really tough, Wade comes to the front. Well, and I believe, so knockout race two, and maybe you know this better than I, um, they added in some gnarly stuff. Yeah. But I think they took out the, the eight miles on the Keener property. Do you, yeah, you confirm that, that? That's what I heard. Um, obviously, I didn't ride it, so I don't yeah. know positively. But they certainly added some cool stuff. And y'all have probably seen the video of that rock ledge towards the end of the lap where the, I guess James sprayed the crowd. With, oh, yeah. Well, we finally got the video of the guy getting sprayed. He, he has a good video of it, so it worked out well. Yeah, and, um, and uh, I mean... And more guys than I thought hit that. I think we talked to um, uh, Bo Ibsen and Josh Rickensmith, and they said um, Cody Webb was up there filming it, and they cleaned out a nice line so they could get a run at it. And, dude, those guys just blasted up it. And <laughs> it was... I want to go ride back there. I know there's some guys headed to, down to ride this weekend, and I want to go take a shot at that rock. It's going to have to be dry. I'm not hitting it wet. I know that. And and I was I was standing right before um, the guys were going up that hill, and there was a, a little log crossing, and then a big chicane before that. A big a big log crossing. So I was there with some cold water for some of the guys towards the back of the pack, and you would have thought I was giving them gold when I handed <laughs> in cold water. Um, you know, well, well, we were at Tough Like Roar, and man, they had more water stops, and I think I stopped. I probably lost twenty minutes stopping and getting water poured on me and drinking it, but it was oh so worth it. <clears throat> Yeah, so that sets up the final. Um, 
the I mean, it's basically the hot lap for thirty minutes plus one lap. Yep, the hot lap course. So they just run that mile and a half course. Yeah, and I'm trying to get the results pulled up, and I'm having no luck. Well, so for the hot lap, it, it's um, very go. spectator friendly. We were everywhere. I chose to go up to the Kinder Rock Garden. Um, lots of we actually got to see the pass for second. There was a great battle between Mario and Wade, and uh, Wade was in second for a good bit of the race, and uh, Mario got him. But where were you at? Because I never saw you during that hot lap. We didn't even talk about it. Well, or since, during the final, excuse since me. Since I couldn't walk very well at this point. <laughs> Why was that again? <laughs> I was a little bit, I was hurting pretty bad, but um, I ended up kind of going right behind the cabin, and, and I tried to do a live video for everybody, and it sounds like it was mostly audio because the video, the video was, was so, crap, but yeah. it, a lot of people were still watching, so that was cool. So I kind of spent my time going between there and back to the enduro cross track. So um, I got to I got the start on film, and then um, kind of right behind the, the the main office area, I got some of that, and then back for the very end. But I mean Manny, he he led from the get go. Yeah, he was the first one to get to the Kinder Rock Garden, and he he was never challenged. I he he won, he won by two minutes. His fastest lap was. 12 seconds better than Mario's fastest lap. Oof. So, I mean, the dude was on rails. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm like everybody else. I really wish Cody Webb had been healthy because I would have loved to have seen that battle. Um, I don't know how it would have played out with Cody in the dry versus Manny in the dry. Um, well, Manny seems to be on a roll. I talked to him uh, before the race on, I guess it was Saturday, and congratulated him on his Romaniacs win. and. He said he was feeling good, so... But one thing I've learned about TKO is never bet against Cody Webb. No, no doubt. Every time it's been Johnny Walker or Graham Jarvis or anybody, he's he's held his own. So what, well, And hold on, um, what happened last year? I know, obviously, Cody won, but what did Manny get second? I assume he did because he started first this year. Yeah, Manny got second. I think Wade got third. That sounds right. Or did Mario get third? It was the I think it was Mario. Okay. I think it was Mario Ramon. Okay. So anyway, back to the final. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and then I think the previous year Wade got second because he broke he broke a clutch perch, yeah. went out and fixed it, fixed it, and, and came back and and really challenged happened. Cody. Yeah. But other, I mean, that's your top three: Manny, Mario, Wade. Then you've got and and what's interesting is there's no East Coast guys until you get down to about the eleventh position. Where actually, where is Ronnie? Well, in Ron Comos, Florida. Okay, so well, Man- Ben Kelly's East Coast. What do you mean, no East Coast guys? Okay, well, north, <laughs> northeast coast. <laughs> I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? He's north. Oh, I guess yeah. Well, he's East Coast. Yeah, but I mean, you've got Germany, you've got Spain, you've got South Africa, you've got California, you've got Canada. I mean, you got to get down to six before you get a New England guy. Ricky Russell, where's he from? West Virginia? I know he's living in... No, he's from Pacific Northwest because he went out and did a couple of uh, works races this past... Uh, okay. On the off, ...in the summer break. But So going to Colton, who got fourth place, um, you know how we keep up with people these days. It's whatever they put on Instagram. So I saw he posted, <laughs> I don't know, Monday or Tuesday that he thought the dry might have played into his favor a little bit, being from SoCal, because he said it was that dry. And, you know, he said all he could do was fourth. He said hats off. Those top three guys were killing it. Yeah. Um and then Max Gearston, another Arizona dude, running eighth. Grant Baylor, obvious, really fast GNCC guy. He's got a, a top ten and ninth. Ronnie Como. Then you've got some of the regulars in the American Hard Duro Series. We've got Quinn Winsell running 11th. Nick Ferringer, 12th. Mitch Carvel, 13th. Hey, did you hear Mitch's bike? 
Oh, wow. The header was definitely... <laughs> out of the... It was definitely... So his head pipe, it sounded like a... It was either a hole in the exhaust. I never did talk to him after the race. What happened? Actually, you know? my son went and talked to him after, oh, really? about it after the race. Okay. And he was like, Mitch, why did your bike sound so bad? <laughs> this and, is coming from a 10-year-old, mind you. Yeah. And so Mitch got to looking, and he did. He had a big hole in his um, exhaust. So like expansion chamber, I would assume, right? And, and Bryson said it looked like there had been a fire there. So I'm sure it was pretty hot. <laughs> All right. And so Mitch was 13th. Then um, Le- Liam Draper and then Nate Smith, the amateur who raced the only amateur in the final, the or we're we're not going to call him amateur. The only non pre qualified rider. I mean, yep. I've done a little bit of research on him, and he's fast. He's real fast. Yeah, he's real fast. Yeah. So that's it for um, the race. Um, obviously, we got Blake. He's putting out some cool videos. Um, I know he hasn't come out with his Sunday edits yet. Uh, something about life and work getting in the way, but he's working on them, so stay tuned to our sites for that. Well, and back to the results a little bit. So Ron Como, the third and tenth, he was factory gas gas. Um, and then I, I don't know, he showed up on a KTM. Um, he raced the National Enduro on a KTM, so I don't know if him and gas gas parted ways. He was actually supposed to come up and ride with us, and uh, work got in the way, but it, it's impressive. He just decided to come race this race. I know he's done it in the past, but pulling a 10th overall, I mean, he hadn't done another hard enduro this year, so that's pretty darn impressive for me. I mean, especially above, like Will said, a lot of the guys we've been seeing in a lot of our races. So there were a bunch of good photographers there, and I'm sure, you know, if if you were looking for photos of yourself or your friends or whatever, um, we got Larry Mayo. He was there. Patsy Davis was there. I know, was Art Pepin... Yeah, I never saw him, but I've seen him posting some stuff. He's off road paparazzi, right? Yeah, I think he. I think that's him. And, and then MJ from the it's it's oh, follow her on Instagram. I think it's MJS photos on Instagram. Yeah, and she takes some cool shots. She's from out west. In yeah, the, we met her in Arizona area. Yeah, we met her at um, Enduro, Enduro Fest. Fest. Yep, that's where we met her. Um, and then I think a lot of them have Smug Mug accounts, and you can look them up on Facebook. I've been seeing a bunch of stuff pop up, which it's really cool because. I had one of our buddies, I'm not going to name his name, but he sends me a text and he said, I'm ready for all this hard enduro stuff to be over. I'm tired of all that I'm seeing on my news feed on Facebook. So <laughs> I just sent him a message and told him it's still coming. We got one more race next weekend or two weekends. Excuse me. Okay. So that wraps up the weekend. They had a Mario Roman class. Training class. Yep. Was it Monday and Tuesday or just Monday? I think it was just Monday. Okay. So that was at the Trials Training Center. So they got to ride some of the obstacles at the course or at the... Um, you know, from the race, and some of the videos have been coming out of that are hilarious. Oh, man, there's some, and you know what, I mean, and that's that's kind of it, they're trying new things, you've got someone like Mario teaching you and pushing you and showing you kind of what to do, and uh, they were going for it, um, but back to the weekend, I keep dragging us back there, because it, right. it was such a good weekend, we, we were lucky enough to get a camp spot, um, and we ended up, we had a good group of, of people camping with us, and it was just a fun weekend to not only see the people we've been seeing every couple weeks, but also... Um, seeing a lot of new faces and a lot of old faces from all around the country. So, all right, now we can go. Where are we going next? Oh, two weeks. It's, it's less than two weeks now. Yeah. It's about a week, and a, a week and a half. Saddleback Extreme Sunday, September first in Bedford, Kentucky. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the format. What do you know, Drew? Well, I've been. Chris Collier is my main contact up there. He's been helping me put a lot of stuff together. He's been very good to work with. Um, they've got a twelve and a half mile course. Um, it's looking like, I think the race is going to start at noon. We're going to have 11 o'clock riders meeting. So for those, um, guys, you know, we've talked to a lot of pros that say they just want one race. 
This is going to be one race. We're going off at noon. We're going to do three hours. Whenever the leader comes in after three hours, they're going to throw the white flag, and he's going to have to do one more lap It is what we're looking. Now, this place, we, we rode up there, uh, what, two, three months ago. Mm-hmm. It's similar to kind of Battle of the Goats. It's got a lot of ravines, um, not a lot of big rocks. I know there's going to be one rock face, um, pretty good little step up we're going to hit, but a lot of smaller flat rocks, uh, a lot of creeks, um, and if it rains, we're going to get our money's worth. I anticipate that this race will not be dry like TKO. Man, my my yard would tell different right now because <laughs> it is it is a brown dust bowl. Um, we haven't had rain in a while, so we could use some moisture for sure. So, and it looks like there's some pretty big names confirmed or at least back channel confirmed. Yep. I don't know if we can, can we talk about those. Yeah, we're gonna talk about them. We it's how about we call it a rumor. Okay, strong rumor. Yeah, so Wade Young told me at TKO he's coming. Um, I don't think he got re-injured that foot based on his results. And, again, I didn't talk to him after the race. We were trying to get broken down and get home. Um, He said he is coming. Um, I know Colton Hacker Haker has been inquiring about coming. Um, I've heard there's still a bike on the East Coast that's got number 10 on it that's going to be there. So I'm going to say it's a strong possibility. And I, and, and I told Colton I'd love to see you and Wade go at it. Yeah, that, that would be interesting to see how that would play out because yep. Colton outclassed the field at Battle of the Goats. Yeah, but there was no Wade there. There was no Wade there. Yep, but there, everyone else, he definitely yeah. he killed it. He, he had a great ride. So then the regulars, uh, Quinn and Nick, uh, Quinn Winsel. And Nick Ferringer, they're yep. they're fighting for second and third right now. Second, third, and if something happened to Wade, if Wade didn't show up, Quinn or Nick could win the the AHE championship this year. Yep. But basically, whoever finishes in fr- finishes in front between those two guys uh, is going to finish second overall. This is assuming Wade shows wins up. it. Yeah. Shows up and wins. And it. has a good. Uh, he doesn't even have to win it. He just needs to show up. And he just put needs on to get decent, some points. Yeah, get some points because he's got a pretty good lead. So. You know, expect Josh Rukin Smith. Expect um, uh, who else? I know Chuck Delula will be Galula. there. A bunch, and, and I think Jason Gilliland. He said he's coming. Um, and it's been cool. I've had some local guys that hadn't done many of our races or any reach out, ask about ask about the race. And so um, sign up still open. Um, you can find a link on our website um, or just Google up Saddleback Extreme. Yeah, it's and um, but the cool thing is it is a Sunday race. Um, it is Labor Day weekend, so most of us are off on Monday. So our plan, we're going to do kind of what we did at Battle of the Goats, get there Saturday, hang out Saturday night, race Sunday. Uh, after the race and after Saddleback does their awards. We're going into our end of the year awards yep, so for it, AHE. It's our first American Hard Enduro Championship. We've been working on some cool awards. Um, hopefully they come through. We're, we're, <laughs> we're getting there. We've got some uh, some drawings. We just got to get them printed up and... We've been fortunate enough to have support from Sherco for the series, um, and also uh, Kenda Tires has stepped up, and so the top three riders from each class, except the pros, will be getting a Kenda Tire um, Task Racing goggles. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen us wearing them or seen any around, but they've got a cool product. I don't know what they're calling it. Maybe the Airflow? Something Flow. A-E-R um, Flow? Yeah. And so it, um, it it's really cool. So we're going to have those, again, also for the top three in each class, except for pros. Um, Dirt Tricks, Sprockets has got some 50% off gift cards they're going to be giving out. And then um, Jarrett Moan's dad, Rob, who puts on as the trail boss for Tough Like Roar, was with us last week. And he had a great idea. Um, And, Will, what was it he offered to give up for some winners? So 
you know, he he wanted to help out because he's supporting the series, and he was like, "Hey, what what if we gave free entry to some of the racers um, for Tough Like Roar for the twenty twenty event?" And I was like, "Man, that's a great idea because you might get some guys that wouldn't have traveled to Pennsylvania to race it, or you know, or you're rewarding those guys that did actually go, and you know, if if they can get a free entry, which could be anywhere from sixty to eighty bucks depending on the race." Well, and I mean. If these guys are winning a class, it, chances they were are, probably there. Chances are they were there. So tough like Roar's doing that, and then I, so I I talked to Mark Cook with Revlimiter, and he's like, "Hey, we want to do the same thing. That sounds like a great idea." And then Tyler Mull just sent me a text, and he's like, "Man, that sounds good. Let's do it." So at least three, I think the top three, um, they're all going to get free entry to a race next year. Because what they say, they do five entries. Yeah. And so it, it looks like, and, and that's just a, another cool little bonus and something very nice that, you know, we weren't even looking for and credit to Rob Moan for coming up with a cool, a cool idea. Yeah. So, and then we may have some cold beverages. Hopefully we're going to have some food. So everybody plan on sticking around for a little bit on Sunday night after the race. Um, well, don't plan on food. We're not doing food. We're not doing so food. So if Bring- you're going to be there, if I mean, and it, chances are if you're camping Sunday night, you're going to be planning on eating some dinner. So plan on bringing... Some cold beverages. Um, I think we're allowed to have them. We'll see. As long as it's after the race, not while you're racing. Of course, um, we're allowed to have cold beverages, but cold adult beverages. That's the yes, cold adult beverages. So we'd love to see everyone uh, sit around. And and one thing I'd like to do, well, hadn't really talked about it, is maybe whoever's around, let's talk about this year, what you liked, what you didn't like, what we can do for twenty. What's next year? Is it twenty twenty? Man. So what we can do next year, and what you would maybe like us to see do next year. Yeah, okay, so that kind of wraps up, you know, what we've been talking about, what we've been dreaming about, um, and what's coming up in the next two weeks. We did get a message from a guy online um, asking about etiquette. Um, He's like, hey, um, you know, I've just got this question, and it it was from Brian Martinson. Okay, that's what I was looking up to see. He was like, guys, I got a question about the second race on Saturday, got to the bottom of a gnarly hill. I think it was when you come down downhill or uphill swamp and then the next hill real loose rocks he said there was a row of guys waiting for that hill and there were guys hung on it so he's he's waiting in line to to, to start the hill and people started jumping in front of him he's like i'm new to this hard enduro thing what is the proper etiquette in that situation so drew go what do you think well I'm just going to start out by saying I've had to apologize to several people this year for jumping in front of them because I'm way too nice of a guy. And early on, I haven't been racing that long, and early on in hard enduros, it all goes back to me to the rev limiter probably three years ago. We came into this spot, and everyone was backed up. So I pulled into a single file line and thought, here I am, I'm good. Well, next thing I know, there's guys going to the below us. There's a guy up above me, slides down, hits me in the leg, and it becomes just a... Um, a cluster um, of bikes jammed up and it's definitely not the most efficient way to try to get through something but it seems to be that we're racing we're not people aren't very etiquette wise the nicest so I've kind of taken the philosophy that if there's an opening you got to get up there and put your wheel in that hole before someone else does and chances are you're going to end up stuck worse than if you would have waited but (laughs) someone else is going to put their wheel in that hole if you don't so yeah. what's your thoughts? I know you responded a little differently. We hadn't even talked about it. I think it's very um, situation-specific. Um, like at Battle of the Goats, for instance, um, 
you, you know, there's some ravines where if you don't wait and you, you, ain't gonna you go for it, you're going to get in way worse trouble than you were before. Yep. Um, and also, karma's a bitch. Yep. I mean, if, if you, you know, <laughs> if, if you cut somebody off and they don't like it, I mean, they could pay you back later. I've, oh, I've definitely, um, I've gone off on some people and, and, you know, I'm not proud of some things I've said on the trail from people cutting in front of me before, but it's happened. It's um, heated. I mean, and it gets heated. I mean, and it's, again, racing and, you know, usually everybody calms down, but, you know, I, it was, where was it? It was Ohio that there was this V that we were in and there was nothing to do but to wait. I mean, it would have done you no good to go. And then there's other times where, you know, you've got a guy sitting there waiting and you can get halfway up the hill while he's waiting. So I, I've definitely, like I said, I've seeked out some people and apologized and said, hey, man, I, I was, I thought I could make it or I had to go. Well, the, and, and another approach is if you're totally blown up, which that hill on Saturday or no, Sunday, the same hill, we just come out of Englishman's Corner. We'd just done oh, yeah. the Kenda Rock Garden. Yep. Oh, so because it was right there, yeah. There was not a bottleneck there, but had there been a bottleneck there when I got there, I probably would have just sat for a minute, drank some water, possibly eaten some of my peanut M and M's, um, and chilled for a second before I went. But um, you know, sometimes when there's a bottleneck, you're better off just to get your heart rate down, to chill out for a minute, and then once it clears, go. But you know, like I said, there it's just so situation specific. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more, and it's, you know, it's, it is like you said, who it you just kind of got to get used to it and feel it out. All right, uh, and I mean, and there is times when, if there's a bottleneck, look left, look right. Sometimes there's alternate lines. Sometimes the main line is the only line, but again, look around for alternate lines, and and it's helped me dealing with hard enduro stuff in other racing formats because you get to a spot and there's three or four guys stuck and they've got tunnel vision and they're just running right in there next because that's where the guy in front of them went and you look around take a break you know line choice is key stay within the banners oh well <laughs> let's talk about staying within the banners should we and, and that is one thing that we ran into at rev limiter that there's bannered off areas and people thought well we'll just go under the banners and um yeah it's a big no-no no and, and that's one thing that that I think Tough Like Roar did a good job with addressing in some of the other races that the race course is defined. Stay within the race course or you will be penalized. Now, if it's just arrowed in an area like that, there's usually some gray area. Yep. The and, and usually if it's just arrowed, it, yep. it, it's in a ravine anyway, so yep. good luck on getting out of the thing. Yeah, and, and based on the rule, it, it, if it's bannered on both sides, you have to stay within the banners. Now, we all know banners get torn down. And I try to use my best judgment to stay within the banners. I mean, there's been an enduro cross section in Ohio where a guy went off a log, tore the banner down, and then the new line was just to go right around the log. <laughs> and I went over the log, and someone said, "Well, didn't you just go around it?" I was like, "Well, no, there was you weren't supposed to." Right. So, but it's racing. Yep, it's so. racing. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yep. It's time to do some real work. Um, yeah. And it's time to get my bike clean. Um, I'm still there. I unloaded it. So when I came in Sunday night, my bike, I had the, took the RV, had the enclosed trailer. Literally all of my wet gear was left in the, Ooh. In the enclosed trailer. And it was 96 degrees here the last two days in that hot trailer. So it dried out? It's dried, but it does not smell good. <laughs> so, but. A uh, huge thank you to SRT Off Road, uh, the guys out there, Craig, 
Craig Thompson and all of his crew um, for making this possible and um, keeping us riding. I mean, <laughs> that seems to be. I need to order some more pipes. I think I'm down to like one, uh, yeah. and we've got one more race to go, and hopefully we'll ride between now and then. So sounds good, and uh, hopefully we'll see y'all at Saddleback. Remember, uh, go online, get signed up. Yep, we're gonna make this last event awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to it. And it's been it's been a lot of work racing every two weeks since July fifth, sixth. Yep. But um, man, it's been fun seeing everyone every couple weeks, and um, it's gonna be kind of we don't have any races after September first that I know of. It's gonna be weird. Yeah, there's some local stuff coming up. Some okay. some of the Sear races and okay, they got some stuff in the fall. And then Doe Mountain. Yeah, I've there's Doe Mountain Extreme, but it's September 13th. I think that Ohio Extreme race got canceled or moved. I'm so, not sure. I haven't seen anything. So we'll keep y'all posted. Oh, yeah. and there's a big one coming up in Decatur, Texas, in December. It's, it's a like, Red Bull event. I don't know if they fully announced all the details, but that's one of the Mark Cook. Mark Weeks, Weeks babies. Yeah, so, so those are always good events. So keep an eye out. That and might be the highlight of the winter, actually. It could be. Unfortunately, it's my son's birthday that weekend, Ooh. so I don't think we're going to Texas. Um, but the other big news is I think we were told this weekend by Mark at Rev Limiter next year the Rev Limiter we have a date. Uh, I think March twenty eighth. I think the venue's changing. Venue's changing. Um, it's right outside of Bridgeport, Texas, and we're actually going to be doing a downtown prologue. Oh yeah, and so more details will be coming out, but but you guys put a, I think it was March twenty eighth. We're moving it back, trying to get it warmer. Every year it's been so cold, and we're gonna have a calendar. You know that that the calendar that stays on top of our Facebook page. I'm gonna update that in the next few days, possibly to get the twenty twenty what's remaining in twenty nineteen, and then what's coming up in twenty twenty. Add it up. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. This might be our longest podcast, but we had a lot to talk about. It was a big weekend. All right. Thanks a lot. See you guys.